This is a story about a crime that occurred a long time ago in Ferndale. Happened in 1962. <laughs> Lovely young couple just starting in life, out on their date in a 1959 Chevrolet with those sweeping tail fans. They wound up dead. And the resulting murder investigation found no one for years until they finally latched on a man named Sean Windsor. What happened to Sean Windsor? Is one of the stories of American podcasting that people talk about and have been talking about for decades. And that's the story we'll be telling you. You asked in Iraq and the question right out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric. And that pesky DNA. Soul of Detroit. I think that of all the imitations that are done too much, Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro, Pacino, all those, there is an untapped market for Keith Morrison imitations. You know, right it's hard, now, you know what's hard about doing his voice, though? You slip into the Smuckers guy. The Smuckers guy? You know, if it's Smuckers, it's got to be good, that dude, that old man. I wish I could slip you know? into the Tony the Tiger guy. If I had that voice, I would just talk all the time. But right now, Do anyway. I'm, I'm reluctant to say things because I'm afraid of being admonished. And there was proof right there. That's just exactly what happened. Which is why I'm always grateful. Always the victim, always the hero. I'm grateful that we have <laughs> Brian and Mark and John, listeners who supported our Manscaped promotion, uh, uh, participating as flies on the wall. They're muted. So those are the only three people I know aren't going to be mean to me today. So it's, it's great to have them on board. And if they're saying something really crappy, I don't, I don't know it. So that's, that's, that's reassuring. Um, now in terms of the bullies who are here to try and bring down great people, not because they can rise, but because they want to bring them down to their level, like Lilliputians trying to take mighty Gulliver to the beach is, uh, Mark Fellhauer and Sean Windsor. Hello. And uh, I don't know what's smaller than a Lilliputian, but Matt Jennings is out there somewhere. So I can he's... I can hear you now, though. That was that was slick on the intro there, talking, you know, well before anybody could hear you talk, trying to talk over the music. But that's not surprising. You don't like what you heard. Sean? No, the intro was great, but you started talking five seconds after Mark queued it up. Well, at least I'm not a murderer who killed a couple in 1962. When no, they but were out you murdered that intro. Jeez. <laughs> Fair point. But go ahead. We're moving on because we have a special guest with us today. I'm Craig, excited about him, too. Yeah. Craig Mauger of the Detroit News. And I will tell you, I, I was getting the show ready, and I saw Craig had another great story about uh, our Governor Whitmer and a, um, a gentleman who no longer works for Governor Whitmer, but who left with a, a, a little tasty uh, golden parachute, which it turns out comes with the NDA. So I called Craig. I said, hey, Craig, can we get you on the show today to talk about Robert Gordon and that, that, that walking away money he got from the state of Michigan? And he says, have you seen my latest story? I said, yeah, the one about Robert Gordon getting the walking away. He said, no, no, it turns out his assistant got some money too. So we can't keep Craig too long because by, I think, lunch, he's got a third person who's getting a sweetheart deal. So, uh, so Craig, take it away. Tell us, tell us, uh, tell us what you know. Great to see you all. Longtime listener here speaking too. Uh, yeah. So what I know is that Robert Gordon, the state's former health director, 
got a $155,000 payout after resigning from the state on January 22nd. And as part of this separation agreement, Agreement. There was also a deal reached where neither the governor's administration or Robert Gordon can say anything about why Robert Gordon left the state, what circumstances led to it, whether there were disagreements with the governor. And then today we're reporting that Robert Gordon's deputy director, one of his deputy directors, also left the state and she also received a separation agreement with the state, but the state has not said yet how much money she was paid, if any, and what the circumstances of her agreement are. So we're still looking into that today. Hopefully we get the deal later today. You said, so one of his deputy directors, how many does he have? He has a handful of deputy directors who handle various elements of the Department of Health. One of the other deputy directors, Elizabeth Hertel, is now the new director of the department. So they have a a handful that do various things. This particular deputy, Sarah Esty, was in charge of planning. She was also overseeing the epidemic orders that were the various requirements that people wear masks and the restaurants not allow indoor dining. That was in her wheelhouse. Um, and, and, and she was, she was not someone that I knew a lot about until recently. So, uh, this is a name that's probably new to a lot of readers and viewers out there as well. Well, one of the reasons I ask that is because it'll get out what the rift is. I, do you have any, have do you have you heard any rumors? Can you report on any rumors as to what the rift was between Gordon and Whitmer? So, so that's like two different questions that are crucial. Have I heard rumors? Yes. Do I have any rumors that I can report that I feel comfortable reporting? No, not at this point. And hopefully we'll keep digging and be able to report them. But there, suffice it to say, there appears to have been some major disagreements that were long brewing between the governor and director Gordon, what specifically those issues were. I have ideas, but nothing that I'm willing to put forward at this point. And hopefully we figure that out to the point where we can report it soon. It's called journalism, Mark. Well, I know, but I'm, I'm just curious as to, I, obviously it's COVID related. Is it nursing home number related? Cause that's going on with Cuomo. She won't release numbers here, certain or certain data points. Um, but I just wondered what that rift is because for a um, health director to leave right now is very odd. And especially with a non-disclosure agreement, I'm just so sick of NDAs in general. Is that, is that a common tactic amongst state governments to have people, you know, sign non-disclosures? Well, if, if you remember back to the Trump administration in the white house, there was a lot of debate over employees of his white house having to sign non-disclosure agreements and Democrats were quite, critical of that. I've tried to do some research in Michigan on on whether this has happened before. And uh, the former chief of staff for Governor Rick Snyder, Dennis Muchmore, told me yesterday that he's not aware of any former Snyder employee getting a cash payout as part of their departure. There are some other things that have occurred with former Snyder employees that ML can probably talk about uh, in terms of them getting shifted into other positions temporarily, or maybe getting to use their vacation days for a long period of time that they've stored up after they have decided to leave state employment. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not extraordinary or unheard of that cabinet level people will leave an administration that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they leave for better opportunities. Sometimes they leave because they're not on the same page, but I'm not aware of someone leaving government with an NDA. I mean, that's, that's an extraordinary thing. And, 
and you know, this isn't Trump and Omarosa. I mean, this is the governor of Michigan and a public health professional. So the reasoning for that is something that, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't see how an NDA can hold up when you're using public money. Maybe, you know, maybe we're going to sue the governor too. We're going to get in on that action. There's a lot of governor out there for us to sue. But but that's an extraordinary thing because it, it's one thing for someone to leave and say, you know, we have a disagreement and I'm not going to talk about it because of my reputation or my loyalty to the governor or I don't want to jeopardize my opportunity to get another job in government. But to leave and basically be said, okay, if you give me this money, I'll keep my mouth shut. That's either the governor saying, you got something pretty heavy, keep your mouth shut, or the guy leaving saying, I've got a secret and I'm not going to tell anybody. You can't do that when you're in public service. That is not what government is all about. And Governor Whitmer came into office promising to have one of the most transparent administrations ever, promising to reform FOIA so that the presumption of state government is that you're entitled to documents, not that you have to fight for documents. So the very existence of this NDA, now perhaps there's a good reason. Tell us what it is. We challenge you right now, uh, good people of Michigan government, but but the fact that you would even enter into, into a deal with an NDA would seem to contradict that notion that this is going to be the most transparent administration ever. Right, and Sean? it's essentially it's essentially using taxpayer money to to ensure that someone who was employed by the taxpayers doesn't tell the taxpayers information about what was happening behind <laughs> the scenes, which is horseshit. Just, uh, it's horseshit. Yeah, something that I have not not oh, heard of before. It's incredible too. Now. His uh, going back to Gordon, the first NDA, and then the other one, what was her name? I forgot her name. Sarah Etsy. Sarah Esty. Esty. Everyone's going to call her Etsy. Um, so, Gordon, his resignation came after they allowed the restaurant's uh, capacity to increase. Do you, think it's, do you think it's related to that? That could have. I mean, I, I, what started all of this was I tried to request documents from Gordon's email account from the two days that led up. To when he left, because I thought, It'd you know, if there yeah. was an issue that was going to rear its head, we'd probably see some email in those last two days where he's voicing opposition or someone in the department is saying to him, I'm sorry you disagreed with the governor on this issue. We didn't really see anything like that. We went through hundreds of emails that he had sent and received, and there wasn't anything that pointed to a specific issue. There was this email related to the separation agreement, but nothing on a specific issue. You know, my hypothesis is that something about this restaurant order is what led to the ultimate breakdown and led to this just because of the timing of it. Yeah. I mean, Gordon resigned literally eight hours after he signed that epidemic order that allowed restaurants to reopen on February 1st. So you would think that that play, would play some role. We don't have any proof of that at this point. That's, that's what's so confounding to me, because if you disagreed with that order, you'd resign before you signed the order. You'd let your successor sign it. Or if you wanted more seating capacity at restaurants, you know, wouldn't you stay and fight for that? I mean, it's, you know, the problem with these NDAs is that there may be a perfectly reasonable explanation, but when you put one of these in place, it leaves us to speculate on any manner of things. We can be wildly wrong. Well, the optics are terrible. They're awful. But but the way it looks is is bad for sure. But the hiding, other thing is, something. yeah, we're entitled to know why, what is going on here. Why would you do this? And if there's a perfectly good reason, it should be such a good reason that you can say it, you know, 
in the bright light of uh, you know of Capitol Avenue and and not worry about about uh, it blowing up in your face. That's that's what's so extraordinary. And and Craig alluded to somebody else in state government under Snyder who left under a bit of a cloud and and with a, a envelope in their pocket. And that's I think he's referring to State Treasurer Andy Dillon, who was um, who was allowed to no longer serve as treasurer and then kind of stick around in the payroll for a little while before he jetted. And, and I thought that was something where he stayed on the state payroll for quite a while, but Craig said uh, his recollection was he was able to use up his accrued time before he became a private citizen. But again, Dylan. a very different situation from what we're looking at here. And, uh, oh, son of a bitch. And it just seems like this is the governor has created a headache for herself that uh, that seems seems to me like it's unnecessary. She's hiding something. I mean, if if Gordon was a bomb, you fire him, right? If Gordon has something on you, well, uh, so Craig, you've seen the four page document because that's what you fought to get. Is there anything unusual in in that four page? I mean, it's only four pages. What's it's existence? only four pages. There's, there's nothing that I, I spoke to an employment attorney about it. There was nothing in it that jumped out as specifically unusual to me. Uh, it is not extraordinary for there to be language in there that protects the departing employee and the government agency or business from any potential you know lawsuit that could be tied to the departure or in this case robert gordon is ensured that he will have representation from the state if there's a future lawsuit related to his More uh, time money. as director none of that is that unusual could that be important down the road if there's some type of legal action yeah that could be really important at this point none of it really jumps out to me as extraordinary where are you going next uh, with the story? Who else is there to dig up? Well, I mean, I think uh, myself and other reporters in the Capitol Press Corps will be looking at how widespread these things are. The governor's spokesman uh, said yesterday that these type of agreements are, are not unusual. So now we're all trying to figure out, well, how many of these agreements have there been uh, uh, during excellent. the Whitmer administration? Great yeah, question. Excellent point. And if they've been, if they're not unusual and they go back to other administrations, throw all those out there because that's something that we somehow missed. But, uh, well, but, they're not unusual in private industry. <laughs> We're talking, I mean, yeah. they're going to parse words. It's, it's in state government. I'd like to know. Right. Well, and, and, and there's different forms of NDAs, you know, like, so, so when I left Fox, I had a separation Ooh. agreement and it basically said, you know, don't say crappy stuff about us. We won't say crappy stuff about you. And, and I mean, I told my union, I said, well, you can, you can take out the closet. They, they can say whatever the hell they want about me. I'm not worried about that. And crappy stuff to say about them. They, they were mostly pretty they're, good. They're so supposed okay to be about that. protecting private industries, right. trade secrets. But, but that's, that's not an NDA. That's, that, there's a difference between saying let's all part on good terms and saying you know something that we don't want other yeah, people to Yeah, no, this is horseshit. This yeah. is just unacceptable. I don't know why it's allowed at all. Yeah, and, and, it's, and, and the good thing is people break them because when they go into court, there's this thing, there's this legal principle called shocks the conscience. And when we were trying to get the bell ready, when we, were, when we were just baiting going before a judge to try and get some Kilpatrick documents – there was a secret agreement people may or may not remember to keep everything buried, and uh, and we wanted to get that agreement. And, and our lawyer at the time, the inestimable Herschel Fink, had said that you know even if they made such an agreement, uh, it, it's one of these things that shocks the conscience, which essentially voids the agreement. So 
it, it's sort of like when you sign away your life and get on a roller coaster, they can't really hold that up if the roller coaster falls apart. You know, it's El- Elric Esquire. Yes. Yes. In fact, um, call 1 800 sue your ass, and I will be happy to uh, give you legal advice that's worth exactly what you pay for it. Wow. But, uh, but Craig Mauger and I great did some stuff. great stories together when he was at the Michigan Campaign Finance Network, and when I was at Fox 2, they were great because. Because you were. Because you were part of it. Because he did a great job, and I just uh, I had a photographer. That was my contribution. <laughs> That's but not true. He's been doing terrific work at the <laughs> Detroit News. For compliments, Craig. And if you uh, if you missed it, uh, this is not Craig's big scoop of the year. Uh, the year is early. He's going to have something bigger. But he also had a great story recently about some shenanigans in the Republican Party hierarchy possibly a payoff to keep somebody from running for Secretary of State. So go check oh, out Craig's yeah. work. At debtnews.com. This is why I say you should subscribe to the Detroit News and the Free Press. I subscribe to both of them. If we don't do this, we can't have guys like Craig doing the work that he does and the good women of the men and, and women and men of the Free Press and News kicking ass and uncovering what people don't want us to know. So, Craig, Keep up the good work, and uh, have have you has, has a third person emerged since you joined us? <laughs> not not since I haven't I haven't checked my email yet. So okay. no, but the governor does have a press conference at two o'clock today, so that will be really interesting for your listeners if they want to tune in. Hey, can I ask you about that? Is is it's via Zoom? Clearly, is it hard to get questions through to her? Well, uh, so there are a number of reporters who log into these press conferences and are able to RSVP for the Zoom. We essentially raise our hand in the Zoom format and you click a little box to put your hand up to ask a question. And then her press people pick which of us actually get to voice a question at, a, at the press conference. And it, and lately they've been taking a lot more questions than they did early on. Yeah. I think there was a period where I went seven months without getting to ask a question. I've gotten to ask some questions lately, but well, I'm sure regardless of who gets to ask a question today, this is going to be brought up. Well, wait, if you wait, want wait, to, you you, to you, use you, our wait, wait. Zoom, I'll ask the question. And then as soon as they call on, you can just slide into the camera. <laughs> Hold on, Craig. So I just want to be clear on this. You're saying for seven months you had your hand up and they did not call on you. Yeah, it was about seven months at the beginning. It was uh, early on in the pandemic through about, um, I want to say, I'll have to look back at my notes, but I mean, through the fall, I, I was not getting called on at the press conferences. That's no. ridiculous. That, that's outrageous. I mean, so uh, I went to the Duggan briefings throughout the pandemic and I could ask any damn question I want. I could go up there, and there were times I'd go up there and people would start elbowing me like, okay, dude, time to move over. But Well, you're MLL, yeah, right? They, they took all the questions. Well, he's 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 C.D. Mauger. I mean, what's, you know, who the hell am <laughs> I? I am but a raisin in the sun. So what was that, Sean? Did you burp? What was that? <laughs> no, I said he goes by Craig, not C.D. Yeah, what, a, were Duggan's press conferences being. in person or were they over the internet? No, they were in person, but then you would have people yeah. who would who would call in, and, and typically the spokesperson would repeat those questions, which, you know, in person is always better. It can be done safely, so I don't know why people aren't doing more of that. But 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 listen, they know who you are. You've been around the Capitol for a long time. To not ask you, to not call upon you, that's that's outrageous. I mean, that's almost more outrageous than this NDA because that's, I don't know, now you're getting me all worked up. <laughs> it's part of life you know we just keep pressing on and digging for info so please, please keep it up too and if you, if you want to follow him on twitter it's at craig d mauger that's craig like you would spell craig the letter d and then mauger is m-a-u-g-e-r and we'll link it on the site anything else thank you thanks for thanks for coming craig anything else ML? thank you all thank you all very much <laughs> i just want him to check that email before he goes he might have another one <laughs>
Okay, well, we'll follow up on that. <laughs> Thank hey, you, Craig, Craig. Great job. Wow. Well, there's one thing government should be. It's open. Whether you're like whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it should be open. And this is this is just bullshit. Yeah, so. I mean, I where do we go from there? I mean, the thing is, it's 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 as plain as uh, as day. But I, I now I'm pissed off that they didn't call in Craig for seven months. How do you not call in Craig for that's, seven months? That's the reporter in you. No, but the, forget that the reporter in me. I mean, it, it's the taxpayer in you should be livid that all this money is being spent to keep secrets. No, but he's not going to these press conferences. Hey, I'm I'm C D Mauger from uh, Nowheresville Tribune. He's going from the Detroit News, the second yes. largest news organization in the state of Michigan. No, I'm with you, but Mark's Mark's point. The, yeah, the NDAs in this situation are just unacceptable. They are. They shouldn't be at any level of government anywhere. Amen. And I haven't I haven't heard the only place I've ever heard it was the White House under Trump a little bit, but that which got a lot of attention because that was unusual. And right? it's Trump, yeah. Right, and but because he had run his businesses that way, and he was sort of used to run them, so he wanted to bring that. But I've never heard of it, and and at this level, have you? Have y'all? No, not no. not one bit. I mean, forget no. the money. The money's I mean, one uh, thing. Her but, spokesperson said, "Yeah, it happens," but I, you know, well, and I, Craig's going to track it down. And I'm glad he is. I mean, maybe I, it does, but Jesus. I happen to think Whitmer's done a pretty good job through this whole mess. But so why why do this? This just feels to me like. Um, this feels to me like some very uh, a politically uh, politically deaf uh, maneuver. I think uh, her messaging has been awful during COVID. Really? I think yes. I think there's just every time there was an order, there were far more questions, and she was not very clear on explaining the reason why. Yeah, but who's who's gone through this before? Who? There's no That's playbook fine. for That's this. That's fine. But once again, be as open as possible. Well, I don't remember her hiding from all that. She just. She's oh, deferred I, to the scientists a little bit, right? Yeah, and that's all she would say. I don't it's know. Okay, I, I prefer I prefer to defer to the scientists than I, that witch doctor that Donald Trump was listening hey, to. Uh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I don't Dr. have a cough in your face. I didn't have a problem with with many of the edicts that she you know put down from upon high. I just wanted to know the reasoning about it and why this was this way, but not this one. And and I just I, felt like there was didn't you think most too of it much was confusion? Self explanatory? No, I, I didn't. Not really. You know, I did. I did, but I'm not some guy in a basement. Yeah, no, I did That's too. True. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm just. I figured. Well, okay, this is gonna. Or you people can't are do dumb, this. Or people are dumb like me. You can't do this because a lot of people are going to gather here, and you can do this because there aren't going to be as many people together. I figured it was sort of obvious. Well, I'm an idiot that way. No, you're not an idiot. You're much smarter than I am. But well, my my concern is, I think some of those questions you allow have, idiot Mark, you any day. would have been asked by C. D. Mauger if he'd been sure. called upon. I mean, that's. That but that's my whole point, though. Be more open, you know, take more questions during press conferences. Of course, those press conferences seem to be pretty damn long. So, I mean, it's like uh, it doesn't seem like they're in a rush to get out of there. So why not take some more questions? No, but, you, but you're right. The, the, the lack of openness in general is just it's really frustrating. Yeah. No, it's, it's on no both good. on bo- in both parties. All right. I mean, look, look what's going on in New York with Cuomo. Yeah. Well, she likes to copy what he does. So maybe that's what she's afraid of. This um this uh this has me thinking the best way for me to relax would be to go for a nice long drive. Yeah, in a, in a new car, maybe a Ford. I no, I was actually going to leave, but you're now that you mention it, Mark. Uh, Ford. If I was going to go for a nice long drive, I would probably You'd be late. I'd probably go to what? That was. That When's was the last me. time you were on time? That was mean. Sorry. That was. That was. Uh, you know who's always on time? Royal Brian Ford. They're on time. They're with on a, time with great deals. With a great deal. And uh, if you want to go and find out about those great deals, Where you should just, I go? just ignore these little bastards 
come hey. up with crappy comments. Well, they and, won't and call you names there. You go to royalbrian.com. Where they don't call you names. That's where you go. R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N. You go there. You know who calls you? Jesse. Jesse calls you and he says, what can I do for you? I wonder if Jesse could run a podcast. I, I got to check with Jesse. Yeah, well, maybe. He seems to be able to do everything else. He can help you figure out how to get a, your best deal, lease, finance, or cash, get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and even schedule delivery of your tasty new ride. They've been there for 75 years at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac in St. Clair Shores. The pride of the east side, Roy O'Brien Ford, is the place to go. Um, you know, if you, uh, if you want to know more, you just go to this website we've got up on our screen or go on your own if you're listening on the podcast to Roy O'Brien, R-O-Y-O-B-R-B. Oh, let me start that over. <laughs> R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Or you can give them a call at 888-566-5851 and be sure to tell them that ML sent you and that you think Mark is mean. Yeah, you can tell me anything you want. But just not, buy a car. But not as mean as Sean. They keep that, uh, you know, tight. So, uh, <laughs> and 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 uh, dare I say, interesting. Earth Cross is dead. But, oh, that pioneer. pretty sounded bad. You're not going to podcast that, are you? A pioneer. He I, he's he was 81. I thought he was 81 when he was on on TV. With, yeah, with Brett Musburger and yeah. Phyllis. Well, George. he was he was just a, he was mature, right? He was an adult from the start. He was craggy. He just seemed like an old dude. And to realize that he was 81 now, that means when he got off the air, he was like 60. He was great. I love him so much more than the guys that we have on now. They're all kind what, of what, buffoons. What and, was so great about him? Like what? I mean, just just tell me what the great thing Irv Cross did. He was very knowledgeable. He was a very, um, uh, very accessible presence. I mean, he was just like he just felt like he was a guy you'd want to talk to about the game. It's not like these jokers who are who are you know three hundred pound roid freaks in in double breasted suits you just wearing like it sneakers because it who are back. throwing a football around on a fake carpet. You're saying he's being nostalgic? No, no, no. He is being nostalgic. But that show, I mean, and. It did have issues, right? Because Jimmy the Greek no, was, had some issues on it. But but when they first good. started with Phyllis George, who died, I think uh, last last year, last year, right? She was you know the first woman studio analyst, and Irv Cross, and then who was and Brent Musburger was the host, right? And don't forget, don't forget when they brought on, um, um, God, she was a real groundbreaker. Um, she ended up marrying uh, Leon Isaac. Um, <laughs> God, you know he was a, a action star. Yeah, no, Black that's Black woman, beautiful. That may have sounded bad. You're not going to podcast that, are you? <laughs> but no, it, it, I can't remember. Aside from as, aside from being up. while you guys prattle on. Aside from them being pioneers, Phyllis George and, and Irv Cross in particular, right? I think he was hired in '75 and went till '90. I read mm -hmm. Jane Kennedy. They, it was the oh. Jane Kennedy. Excuse me. It was the uh, you're making me cough, Michael. Thank you very much, Jane Kennedy. It was the banter. Cough. That's what was uh, sort of revolutionary about that show. The playful banner, the way they mm -hmm. talked, that was new. I can't watch the shows now, like the one on Fox with the uh, who's on Brad Shaw and Straight. I just hate that show with a passion. Well, they're, the they're best, gr they're gratuitous clowns, and then they go throw a football around. It's like a bunch of buddies. They're not it works though. Buddies. No, the best studio show they're to not me buddies. is the TNT show with uh, Barkley yes. and Kenny Smith and. Yeah. Um, Ernie and Ernie and Shaq. I mean, they kind of set the standard for, and they don't even really break down basketball in any serious way. They just they talk about life and sort of how it relates to basketball, and and they bust each other, and it's just really entertaining. Speaking of basketball, did you hear about the discussion? Talking about Irv Cross. 
Well, what else do you want to say about Irv? And Jane Kennedy. I like Jane Kennedy. Yeah, no, we, we paid our respects. Lee and Isaac Kennedy. We, penitentiary. Go. You ever see Penitentiary? I was just going to ask Sean when if I've been in anyways, a penitentiary. Irv Cross was great, and I wish that these shows were more like Irv Cross. Back in the 80s. Where we had... Nothing's allowed to evolve. Right, yellow blazers with eyeballs on the pocket. But you talked about the game. You got information you needed so you could watch the game. What do you? But that's not what pregame shows are about. Pregame shows are about running ads. That's fine. They ran lots of ads. So what were you asking, Mark, before uh, you were so rudely interrupted? On his show? Yeah. Um, uh, did you hear about the argument that we got into over text on, uh, what was that, Sunday, ML? Because ML made the bodacious claim that Michigan basketball was in the doldrums before Jawan Howard got there. I'm not talking to you anymore. He actually said that? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, not, I guess. Not, no, no, not, oh, no, 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 not before, not before Juwan got there, before this year. Before this year. Michigan basketball never got its due under Beeline. They never dominated the state. And they might not this year, but it wasn't until <laughs> I don't Juwan Howard this all. year that U of M basketball had bragging rights in the state. I remember writing a column, and not that, not, I'm the, not that I'm the authority on this, I'm not, but I remember taking some heat because I wrote a column three or four years ago when Beeline had run one Four in a row, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was five. Was it four in a row? In, in any case, I, I made the argument that they were on the they were on the level, right? They were the same. They were not Michigan the caught M- Michigan State. And uh, I'm not saying they'd pass them at that, but they were right there. And I remember taking a lot of heat for that. But no, Beeline was in, what, two f- championship games? Won two or three Big Ten titles? Yeah. Something yeah. like that, maybe four, and, and maybe Michigan a share of four. Fans, I would not describe that as doldrums. No, Michigan fans no. never really embrace it. They were always, you know, like talking mm. about that's such horseshit. It's true. Michigan fans are afraid to embrace their basketball team. If Michigan, what a broad brush based on the tweets program, you get from people. If Michigan's football program was run like Michigan's basketball program, you would do better than third in the Big Ten East. Because what ends up happening is Michigan basketball, everybody craps on it. They don't hire these dream coaches. And the program does really, really, they complain about our building sucks. We can't win because of this. We can't win because of that. And you get the right coach who nobody's paying attention to. And He's you do, stuck in uh, and you do the great late things. 90s. But then, I'm glad he has but the football out. program, yeah, the football program's all about, oh, we've got more victories than anybody else. We've got the greatest, oh, the big house. We got the biggest stadium ever. We had 200,000 people in there for a game the other day. Okay, first. And then, and then you have this coach that everybody, you know, is on their knees for. No, and the not. program sucks. They're not on their knees for Michigan football team. Take a cue from Michigan basketball, but Michigan basketball is, the is a second-class oh citizen. I, we, we cannot let him talk about anything he doesn't know anything about, right? He, <laughs> not only that, he's the first Irv Cross, rest his soul, that was great, but, uh, oh, I love it all back then. And now he's talking about Michigan basketball for 1998, right? And they're in the sort of post- Which uh, is what he's saying. Five doldrums. Which is what he doesn't want Michigan football fans yeah, to live in I the past. So, I don't know. Whatever, whatever what, fits they, his argument. talking about Chrysler- Center as if it was Chrysler Arena and not one of the nicest uh, buildings oh, it's in the Chrysler Big Ten. Chrysler Center now. Yeah. It's they one of the it. nicest places in the Big Ten. What are you talking about? Oh, it didn't stop. used to be. Beeline, when he got there, couldn't believe it because it was a dark dump. It, it was, was terrible. Dump, That's mean. why they couldn't win that the building. Was 15 years ago. The bu- they couldn't win because of the building. Now you know. Just go watch some 19... 19- go, go watch Rawhide. Well, I saw Michigan too. State win the national championship in Jenison Fieldhouse. Which was a garage with basketball hoops in it. By the way, the Big Ten has. So, won wait, wait, wait. So, are you saying that they sh- that uh, schools shouldn't update their uh, facilities to help recruiting? No, all, the whole genesis of our conversation on Sunday 
was I left you alone because I didn't want to tell you how bad that Michigan State team is because they're all twos and threes no, that and, can't shoot. Right, and that came back to something that happens all the time. Wolverines will troll the Spartans when their team's not doing well. Not that you were trolling me, but Wolverines will troll the Spartans when their team's not doing well. And the Spartans, we don't give a shit about what Michigan's doing or not doing. We want, <laughs> of course you do. We want of course every, you do. Well, you're not a Spartan or a Wolverine, so why don't you take a seat? I hear from them all the time. You know how much more miserable this Michigan State season is? You hear from me all the time and you ignore for it. For Spartan fans because it's in the larger context of Michigan having the best regular seasons it had maybe ever since the oh, Fab No, five. no, 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 no. Stow that bullshit. I see Spartans it all are miserable. over my inbox. Spartans I see it all Spartans are miserable Twitter. because their team is losing. If Michigan wins, we don't like that, but it's not like <laughs> this is even worse. No, this just is terrible. Wait, oh, wait. Shit. Exactly. They, if they win the title this year, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you realize what you're going to have to listen to? I love you, how you're broad you know, brushing all Michigan fans based on tweets you receive. No, and, and social media posts. and I can, I'll, show, I'll show you. know, I have a lot of friends that went to Michigan. We have a, a conversation. None of us have talked about how bad the Spartans are doing because we don't care. It's more about Michigan. No, We're there are myopic. some Michigan fans that do. Sure, that and they all really, tweet ML. That are really enjoying Michigan State's downturn, for sure. But it's it, the, Thank the, you for making my point. But eventually. the reverse is true, right? Michigan State fans are suffering more because Michigan's – you know, not only are they on this great run, they got the number one class coming in next year. Looks like, I mean, players love playing for Howard. This isn't, you know, this could get uh, dicey for Michigan State. For yeah, sure. last time, last time Michigan's fans said that about Michigan State, Cassius Winston came and took over the state of Michigan. So, nice try. But uh, I think I and think they lost, just, and they lost in his last game. Just, just he was terrible. Get, so, just to get back, what to have you our, done for me lately? Just to get back to the point, and I think we can leave it at this. Michigan sucks, right? Isn't that where we were going yeah, with this? Yeah, that's a nice default. Okay. And Spartans don't care. I do think we can agree that um, if your hair's getting a little scruffy, there's uh, one place to go, and that's Lady Jane's. Irv Cross had great hair. Can we uh, all agree on that? Quit messing yeah, around. Yeah, if I had hair, I would go there. You have some hair. You can go there. You have hair. You can go get Singular. A, go get a great hair, haircut. You can get the hot lather neck shave, hot towel treatment. It's a safe, clean environment right now in these COVID days. And when you check in, make sure you click on the little logo. Say you're a new uh, new customer and click the little logo for um, if there's an MLS Detroit logo or a Drew Mike logo, anything related to the network. Just click on that at check-in. Because it's Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men. It's wicked awesome. And two new locations for everyone to check out. Brighton on the corner of East Grand River Avenue and Whitmore Lake Road, right in front of Kroger and in Grand Blank on Saginaw Road, south of Hill Road, next to AutoZone. And at Lady Jane's, they'll make it all about your hair, which is sweet. Heart? No, it's just, what do you, we're, not, we're not stealing material. That was original <laughs> copy. But uh, yeah, Lady Jane's is awesome. Wicked oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? Well, I'm, I'm looking at the rundown, and under main event it says free-for-all. I guess that got out of hand. I was looking at the clock. Pretty quickly. Well, you know, I was thinking about Dr. Seuss, but go ahead with your geek of the week. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss is out. Next. No, what? Do you want to talk about Dr. Seuss? I just thought it was interesting i think it's a great topic it is and it dovetails with another interesting topic maybe maybe you guys don't know much as much about but the texas tribune 
You aware this? Uh, it's an investigative place. Or, no. Yeah, I don't know anything about anything but Michigan. Bad they do a lot of good work, and they, they Sean Windsor. They uncovered all these interesting emails from very rich donors at the University of Texas who said we're going to stop well, could, giving could just, you money. Oh, if they change the fight song, if, you, if you don't start singing the fight song, and some of them referred to well, some of the a, players. That's a pretty strong segue from Dr. Seuss to the, uh, no, but it's Texas the idea. Fight song. It's the idea. It's the same idea, right? Doctor, can, are we still going to read Dr. Seuss books? Are we still going to sing songs like The Eyes of Texas Are well, Upon You? Can I ask you this? I don't know anything about that song. Why is it so terrible? It used to be part of minstrel shows. Okay. Yeah, that kind of thing. And there's some phrasing in there that wow. uh, it was really offensive to some of the players. Okay, so... It was they- written by Theodore Geisel. That's the other reason. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to keep playing it? Well, uh, the, the president said yes. Yeah, some of the players because, don't want to sing it. Because but, money rules exactly exactly and that's the problem exactly but it was interesting some of these emails who said i'm gonna withhold my money hey the blacks was one donor who gave like a million dollars last year used mm-hmm. the phrase the blacks can go to another state where it's more favorable for them they can go play somewhere else yeah it'd be nice if they would turn down his million dollars yeah. but you know it's college athletics they're not going to turn down no any, for sure but it but it but it speaks to uh this idea of cancel culture i hate even using that phrase mm-hmm. i think it's a bullshit phrase but in any case uh as our listeners, I'm sure, are not surprised to hear me say, but but uh, what do you think about Dr. Seuss not getting read by, what, in Virginia? Is yeah, it- now they announced today, because I guess it's National Reading Month or whatever, right. and, and Biden uh, mentioned it, and this really started with Dr. Seuss books and did not include Dr. Seuss on the list because of the controversy, and then they announced they're not going to sell six books by Dr. Seuss, which... I looked at the six books. I've never heard of any of them. And he's got a weird background. There was a lot of anti-Asian uh, cartoons that he would do during World War II because, you know, we were in a little fight with uh, with Japan in the well, war. Well, look at some of the drawings of African Americans. It's, yeah, it's but, not. But the Dr. Seuss I know and read to my girls um, just have really got them interested in reading, period. They don't see the undertones. I just think it's one of those things where a study was done and they counted up how things are depicted and they put it out there and that's fine. That's academia. They can do that, but it doesn't make the books bad in my opinion. Well, it depends on the books. Like the one, if I were ran a zoo or whatever it was, if you look, I at, ran the circus. Yeah. If yeah. you look at some of the depictions, fine, get rid of that one. Exactly. So that's well, not cancel why? culture there, right? They're not going to publish well, those books. The president You're of the st- United States didn't mention him today, which well, what about that one book he had Yertle the stinking Nazi. That seems kind of controversial. <laughs> right. No, that's that's. They nice. changed the name eventually, but green people eggs and ham. Still, Why can't we just have eggs and ham? People are still going to read. Why does it have to be green? Remember when Jesse Jackson read Green Eggs that's and great. Ham on uh, was it Saturday Night Live? I, I just think we're losing the focus that you know kids kind of like those books and it gets them interested in reading. Right? Isn't that more important than maybe broad brushing his whole overall work? You can pick and choose, right? Well, but no, that's my point. I don't think you can. It's either he must be canceled, no Dr. Seuss books. I don't think anybody's saying I didn't read anywhere that you can't that you can't read Dr. Seuss books anywhere. I just read that. Well, there's a lot of people that don't that feel that way. I think was it Loudoun Country, Loudoun County in Virginia that he's those books have been removed, all the Seuss's books because of his background. It's I interesting just, the the idea of looking at something sort of as a piece of history. Versus looking at or just having it part Shit, of the that's culture. Dr. Seuss right now. Yeah. Like, Stop talking about me. In any case, no. Nice go, muting your phone. By yeah, way. and keep eating your sandwich. I think he's bored by the topic. Who's your geek of the week? Yeah, he wanted to be I about him and what he a, thought. It's a tie. Any guesses? Yeah, on the who? two people in here. 
We're going to move on. Uh, and by the way, when I was an intern at the Free Press, oh, here we go. I wanted to do an intern uh, interview with Dr. Seuss, and I was told, don't bother, kid. He never gave interviews. He was a very reclusive type of guy, like Charles Schultz Plus. Or J.D. So you didn't do it then? No, couldn't well, get him. Story yeah. didn't go anywhere. All right, let me, let me see what you get the week is here. <laughs> Is it? Does it have to do with the Geek of the Week I sent you? Because I thought I thought I sent you a very good Geek of the Week, which you turned down. Uh, what was it again? Walking a, on the floor. A couple that is suing um, their travel agency because they got sick on their trip, and then the travel agency looked at their Facebook and saw all the wonderful pictures and times they were having, and said, "I don't think so." But I guess you didn't like that. So who was the Geek of the Week? That wasn't bad. Sorry. Thanks for re- thanks for even reading what I sent you too. No, I looked at it. Feel very appreciated, Sean. I looked at it. Yeah, that's great. You know what I look when I looked at it, when I looked Get at it, it, I said thanks Windsor. That's the equivalent of thanks Boomer. I'm just looking at the rundown of your geek of the week and all these unnecessary words, praying you're not going to read them all. But go ahead, <laughs> dear God, here we go. <laughs> so Sean, this is this is what people who prepare they do they do these things. Yeah, oh boy, here we really go. Edit. No, thanks for thanks for stopping at the drive-through. Uh, anyways, I was going to go with the uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who somehow is an Attorney General, even though he's been under indictment since like 2015, because he bailed out in his home state during its time of need for a trip to Utah. You did I didn't know which, that? Which, believe it or not, Utah was warmer than Texas just because they had power. Boy, that got buried in the Ted Cruz uh, incident. Yes, but like uh, like Teeter Cruz, uh, I am going to get the hell out of Texas and go to Brandon Souls who was in Arizona, also balmy, who was arrested for faking his own kidnapping <laughs> to get out of work. Yeah. But he didn't just fake his kidnapping by calling and saying, like, send $100 or Brandon dies. Yeah. He bound himself. He gagged himself, which I'd like to know how the hell he pulled that off. And he invented some story about hidden treasure in the desert. Also, he could get a day off from his job one, at... One day off? The tire store. I, I, you know, no <laughs> offense to guys who work in tire stores, but... When I worked in a shop, that was actually kind of a fun place to work. So I don't know. And and when you're in Arizona, you're not dealing with all the oh, slush yeah. and the ice and the slop coming off of tie rods and everything. So, uh, ML, how about the fact that he put a lot of work into his kidnapping story when he could have just gone to work? So I, I don't want to drag us back into children's books, but there was a book I read, so I will. Wait, um, is he the geek of the week? I thought you said you read this. Stand Dear by. God, here we go. Oh, I'm trying to help our listeners. But I read this book about this kid named Danny, and it was one of these things where it was one of these books all the kids in the class read, so you had to wait your turn to get the book. And he and his buddies came up with this computer program to do their math homework. And I'm they like, worked. I'm waiting my turn to get you to get to the point. <laughs> Wisdom sometimes comes with a walk and not a sprint. ML Eric 2021. Um, so, uh, so, uh, <laughs> Right up there with Sun Tzu and Confucius. But, Get to the uh, point! And, and Aesop. Um, so anyways, Danny got caught, and he thought he was going to get flunked, but the teacher said, no, you get an A, because the work you did to try and cheat was much harder than the work that you cheated to get out of. And I think my man with the tire shop alibi is right along. The, and, and now that I mentioned Wait, this- so it's okay to cheat if you do a lot of work to do it? No, the point is the that sometimes you think you're taking a shortcut and actually you you're, oh, you sure. learn a lot more. In this case, Brandon Souls has learned don't be an asshole and pretend you got kidnapped. Just just go and, you know, Alas, though, rotate and balance our, these tires. Uh, he's not the gig of the week. I should After also say that. I was involved in a case where uh, they got me on the Drew and Mike show. So you're the gig of the week. I called a Chrysler plant. No, called a GM plant and <laughs> phoned in a bomb threat. Oh, yeah. So they would shut down. And as I was going live and tagging out, 
I said, and the minute I said it, I knew I was going to be in trouble, but I couldn't. It was already out of my lips before I could stop where I said, he told police he had to beat off his assailant. I said, <laughs> I am going to be on the Drew and Mike show tomorrow. Oh, Are that predictable? And I was. It was me and me and Chris Chelios were uh, beat off the assailant oh, yeah. drops for a while. Chelios obviously had a, more longevity than I did, but I was like, damn it. Anyways, the winner of our... Uh, of our uh, Geek of the Week uh, hails from the Kariminar district of Telangana in the village of Lothanor in southern India, and he is guilty of a murder most foul. He is a rooster who killed his master because he had a knife fitted to his leg so oh, he would be ready fight. for a cockfight. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the geek isn't really the rooster, it's the guy who put the knife on him, which ended up cutting him. And he died from loss of blood before he could reach a hospital. As for the rooster, he was briefly detained at the local police station, questioned, did not incriminate himself, and was subsequently sent to a poultry farm. So guy who thought it was a good idea to put a knife on a rooster, you're our Geek of the Week. That's- the kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. Jokes. A bad name. So we've invested a lot of time in Matt's jokes, and obviously the payoff has not been realized. But if you need to make an investment, Mark has some good advice for you. Oh, yeah, maybe Luke Nowacki can help you out, uh, Matt. It's more than a maybe. <laughs> well, he definitely can help you out with your uh, your financing because you want to get rational financial advice. That's what Luke Nowacki provides at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. He'll let you know stocks, bonds. What's, what's this yield curve I'm hearing all about? The market's up huge and down huge. I don't know what to do. So call Luke. He'll get you advice. He'll give you a strategy. Call him at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. And I, what, what's he going to do, Emma? Well, this is guaranteed. He will he will make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. All right. Yeah, and, and before we get to Matt, I have to tell you, um, one of the things that makes Matt's uh, oh boy. segment Here we go. <laughs> really work for me is uh, a nice cold Altus. It's oh, a Detroit yeah. original that's come back. In fact, uh, they uh, have changed brewers, and the Altus that you are going to find on the shelves now is just a little bit different than what you're used to, and I'm told so much tastier. Not that the old one wasn't good, but this is taking something that's good and making it great. It's on shelves throughout Michigan, so if you want to know more about Altus, as some people call it, or Altus, as some people call it, or people who are really from Michigan, Altus, you can go to altus.beer. A-L-T-E-S dot B-E-E-R. Find out where you can get the Altus. And if you go to your favorite pub, ask me if they have some on tap because they are on tap at some discerning uh, watering holes. And uh, if you go there, you're going to be very, very happy. And uh, while I shotgun this one, I'm going to turn the show over uh, because my, my judgment's been a little bit impaired to uh, <laughs> Professor Matt Jennings, who is back. Welcome back, Manny. From, uh, hey, from uh, his uh, detention. 
It's busy, busy, busy. That's all. Dear God, here we go. <laughs> yeah, wait, let's on. focus. Let's focus. <laughs> well, when away. I say something that no one participates, it's it's like, oh, wait, did I just tell a joke? <laughs> I can't tell. Good point. Yeah. All right. Well, what See, do you got? The, what do you got the, today? The, the jokes is why you're here. That's 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 true. Jokes. The jokes on you, actually. Ooh, if that's the case. Okay, only two left. This Stick to the jokes. Nightmare. Just do one thing poorly each episode. <laughs> In 1960. Playboy magazine opened up its first club in Chicago. The $25 membership allowed men to be served by beautiful playmate bunnies, which seemed like a way since they were only there for the articles. Wake up, Matt. I was just That's a talking. Good joke. That's a good joke. It's history. Drink some coffee. What else you got? Now, see, okay. you could have worked in Dr. Seuss there. You could have said, and Dr. Oh. Seuss wrote some of those articles, and I hope he doesn't get canceled. All right, show meeting, Sean. How do you want me to talk? There, like you just did. <laughs> okay. In 2001, an Better. English cattle. <laughs> God damn you. All right. In 2001, an no English cattle farmer checked himself into a hospital in excruciating pain. Not when it's for me, after, though. After Mark has told totally, his wife. Well, see, now, this is now Mark, you th- not you. Now you throw him off. This is Mark. Oh, no, I don't throw him I off. Want you you throw him off. Yeah, English. You guys cattle are farmer. having a conversation. You both are throwing me off. English no, cattle I was, farmer. I was listening until I had to point out that Mark kept talking. I'm sorry. This man. is this is a <laughs> subtle cancel. Yeah, this is yeah, this is and a go. culture happening. Go English cattle farmer. Do it. In 2001, <laughs> an English cattle farmer checked himself into a hospital in excruciating pain after he told his wife during an argument to shut up. He was the first person in 20 years to be diagnosed with foot and ass disease. Hey, hey, hey yeah. Are you going to finish strong? His wife God. hit him. His Why wife. would I God. start that now? He was struck by his All right, wife. let me rephrase it. Are you going to finish? Yeah, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. <laughs> All right, in 2016, researchers, researchers at the Human Reproductive Institute in Wank Germany. Wank Germany. It's like the pro- the the province of uh, what is it? Nochistenhampen, Dusseldorf, Germany. Yeah. Anyway, discovered the first known case of sex between a Homo sapien and a Neanderthal. The gender of the human was identified as male through his DNA, while the female by her look of disappointment. Oh, that was okay. That was the punchline. <laughs> I thought the way you, no, the way you said it, I thought there was more. Sorry. I don't know how to tell jokes yet. Yes, you do. Time's you running out. You got to remember something. This is, very, this is a very unnatural process. Usually you get in front of somebody and you talk. I'm looking at a rectangular screen. Just, oh, yeah. Just no, go I, the next I, intro I bet it would, go, it would go much better in front of a theater full of people. <laughs> if you think this would go better in front of a live audience, oh. bring a big fruit bowl. Because there's going to be a lot of rotten shit flying at the stage. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt. See you again. There's an all-night party. In room 7609. And you can dance together all night. You've got the time. So 
hard to do this over Zoom sometimes. So oh no, I agree. I feel if, his pain. If we only had four thousand more people watching him live, it would be better. <laughs> be, that's that's what we're missing here. Why are you so mean to me? Can we work on that? Why I are you so mean to me? In the run in the rundown, he wrote, "Sean, be nice." What what what's exactly? And yet he does just, not heed his own advice. I just you know interrupt him and you know what he he, he said the word hospital today. Do you remember? The way he pronounced it reminded me of Fran Drescher. I don't know why that popped into my head. Wait, who? You know, the, the you know what I mean? Who not, said that? ML or? No, ML? no. Matt used the word hospital in one of his jokes, and it, it came out of his nose, and it reminded me of Fran Drescher. A little Wait, bit. after what we just went through, you're picking on him for his pronunciation <laughs> of hospital? <laughs> I thought we were fucking French, Sean. I'm not, I'm not picking on him. I'm not picking on him. I don't know why you thought that. <laughs> That's that's like being Mary Todd Lincoln and complaining to the Secret Service. I didn't have a good view of the stage. You got to read. You got to read the Zoom better, there, Matt. And there's a history joke yeah, for you, right. Jennings. Write it down. I'm just having fun, Matt. I just I'm trying to uh, not be as mean as Mike. Tough love. And I'm trying to not be as funny as you. Good. That's good. Well, that's I'm right. not trying to be funny. I guess that's it's the a, difference. It's a race right? to the bottom. Um, so uh, all right, I gotta go. Bye. Yeah, I'd say you had to go an hour ago. We just, we just didn't time it right. Um, boy, I'll tell you. What a mess. These kids today. What are we Why was the show so good last week? It was? That's what you guys said. Oh, I, I didn't say. I just said it was, I was glad it was over. It's oh, not okay. the same thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's why it was good. The oh, now he's flipping me off. <laughs> All right. I think what Sean is alluding to, gentle listeners, that Matt was not a part of last week's show, but I'll, I'll leave oh. that to you to draw your own conclusions. Um, and, and, you know, we'll test his theory next week. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> um, speaking of cancel culture, um, <laughs> this is also a little term we call the self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, room 7609, as you know, is the place where we go to get bad tastes out of our ears and uh, bad tasting jokes out of our consciousness and this week we celebrate donnie iris uh who is the pride of pittsburgh we do this both because donnie turned 78 and to keep ben schmidt happy so ladies and gentlemen please please enjoy donnie iris with this gem called do you compute still have 10 seconds to walk it up there's any other stories you want to tell he also did a great tune called the alia well he could talk the whole time he did over the intro I have a sister named Leah. Oh, Johnny Iris is impressed. <laughs> Do I have to say? Don't you already know? Do I have to spell it out? Oh, don't you think I show it? Do you compute? 
Yeah, it's not bad. So if you remember MTV from the early days, there was a lot of Donny Iris on there. There was the Alia. There was Do You Compute? And one of the things Love about is like him a rock. is... Love is Like a Rock. Yes, that was one of his, his bigger tunes. But the thing about Donnie is, can you guess who one of his musical interest influences was? Matt Jennings. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's, that's Geek of the Week. Not, White not Cherry. So April if you've Wine. never seen him, Buddy Holly. Oh, fact, yeah, because he's got yeah, the... But uh, you just don't hear it. He's got the Buddy Holly glasses. Well, it's very guitar-based, but yeah, he's not quite, he's not quite that, that, that stripped down. But one of he is he was so into these goofy glasses he wears that he named one of the band's albums after his glasses. Oh, what a nerd! Yeah, so uh, so a little a little weird, but um, but it's a great tune, great hooks. Here's my question for you guys: since we are in room seven six or nine, the uh, new wave suite, do you consider that new wave? Yeah. No. No. Why? It doesn't sound. It sounds like rock. Why and why not? I thought the beginning sounded like uh, New Wave. You're fooled by the synth a little bit. No, you're not. I don't see you're fooled. That's very... Um, what year is that out? Condescending, and I don't mean it that way. Sorry. But it's it, like 1982. Uh, okay. Well, it's heavily influenced then. Well, I think I'm with Sean. The, the synth gives it the feel of New Wave, and I think the subject matter... You know, do you compute? We're going into this new age where there's this, all this uncertainty about, you know, where do we fit in with technology... And he, <laughs> it's the time, right, Mike? It's the structure of the song, the musical structure of the song. It sounds, it's a slow kind of. It sounds like a, a stadium rock. Well, so do you consider? Uh, uh, do you consider Tommy Two Tune uh, new wave? Do you consider yeah. Greg Kinn new wave? I, I, I just let's keep. Huey How about Lewis Rick Springfield? If we're gonna keep in that that sound. Uh, yeah. Now you're so on the continuum. I would say. Donny Iris is more new wave than Rick Springfield. I would but agree. All these guys. He's an old rocker who I think where this gets its new wave bones is he's trying to adapt to the new the new genre. You know, he's trying to take he's trying to put tail fins on the old car or take tail fins off if the uh, if the new rage is is sleek lines. But I I I love the uh, I love the synth. I love the theme. I love sort of the uncertainty. And when this came out. And this really dates it. It came out in time that they were able to do a promotional thing with the Atari 1200 home computer. So in the video, you will see him with the Atari 1200, which at the time was the the state-of-the-art home computing device, which was probably run by cassettes, of all things. Hmm. It's a fun song, but but it just doesn't sound that new wave to me you know it's like the rolling stones when they got it trying to do disco or something so i would say this song is new wave but donny iris is not and this one kind of stands out as his uh his attempt to cross over into a genre that seemed like it was going somewhere and was really uh taking mtv by storm but donny donny we we miss you he's still alive and kicking and believe it or not this this old geezer does shows so i'm not really? sure I'm not sure that that computes, but that's Donnie Iris here in the New Wave Suite. If you have a suggestion for us here in Room 7609, please send it to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com, or you can give us a call at Butterfield 89070. That's 248-288-9070. Let us know what you think. Um, Please support our donors, our sponsors. Our biggest sponsor, of course, one who sponsors a whole network a guy we couldn't be here without, and that is David Hall and Hall Financial. We want to thank Hall Financial for being a great supporter of all the shows on the Red Shovel Network. 
like Luke Nowacki, one of the only sponsors that supports every show. Uh, and he can support you too. And maybe help you support some of your bad habits by saving a little dough. Rates are currently in the twos, so call today and find out how much a refi could save you every month. Just click the link on our website to get started or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Make sure to tell them ML sent you. When you call them, ask for Dan Morrison. If Dan's tied up, maybe Bill Adelhock's available. If those two jokers are cutting somebody else a better deal... Ask for Jim Bentley, and we have been uh, guaranteed. He's James Bentley. Oh, is it James Bentley? Yeah. No, We've uh, been guaranteed that sure. there will be no obscene drawings on your closing documents. He doesn't do that, no. That's, that's the new Jim James Bentley, family man. I dealt with him with uh, refinancing, and he, he's, he will not even send that on text to me anymore. So he's a new man. He's all business now, now that he's with uh, Hall. Not even, he won't even, like, give you a little framed? Only off the clock. Just a scribble as sort of a closing gift? Only off the clock. Okay, because I got some coasters from Dan, but I wouldn't mind a little original artwork from oh, James I love Bradley. that man. Anyways, NMLS, 146-7435. We don't know what that means, but it's very important. But more importantly, call call these boys, 248-308-5000. They have a lot of great women working there, too. So, all financial. That's uh, a great word for you, by the way. What's that? Anyways, keep that in mind. Keep that handy. You know, blah, 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 blah. Well, anyways, okay, let's get to the... You know, uh, isn't that in a blues travel song? Well, anyway, there you go. We have any, uh, any, it is, any, no, any, I, any I Kingpin know, fans? I know I mean, the song. I'm just sure. afraid of the tangent. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Cancel culture. Uh, that is funny. We would appreciate <laughs> if you would let all of our sponsors know that you heard about them on the show. That keeps them coming back, which keeps us coming back, which keeps, sadly, a shrinking number of you coming back. But those of you who are still with us, we really appreciate it. Uh, and we want to thank our top benefactor, our single benefactor this week. But she's someone who's been with this show from the beginning and continues to support us with the kind of love really only a mother or somebody maternal would have for miscreants, and that is Kristen. So, Kristen, thank you, as always, for supporting the show with your generous donation. Mark, how do other people get in on this charity act? MLSolarDetroit.com, little donate button, and donate. That's Donate it. away. Just donate. And, and you want to buy some of our stuff? Yes, you do. Of course you do. It's pretty cool. We actually... It's been often said that we have the worst show with the best merchandise on the network. Who and, says that? And I like to think that people are wrong because our merchandise isn't that good. No, because we're the best show with great merchandise. That's what it was. Um, you can get that stuff at drewandmikestore.com. Um, we have some feedback, mlsolvedetroit.gmail.com. That's where we heard from Lauren, who inquires, ML, you have guest hosted for Frank Beckman on 760 WGR in the past. Does the trio have any thoughts on Frank's retirement? And more importantly, who is likely to fill his shoes from 10 to noon? I wonder if WGR station managers will do like Jeopardy after Alex, where they left a variety of guest hosts audition for the time slot. Is council candidate Elric a candidate for that microphone? Am I incorrect to still consider that one of the most prominent gigs in Michigan media? Or is WGR not nearly as, unpo as popular as I think? Thank you to the trio for all the banter and sharp commentary. A lot so, of questions there. Yeah, so quickly, I'll just jump in. I'm not a candidate for that job. Um, I mean, I'm running for Detroit City Council. That's that's a full-time gig right there. And I kind of thought Kevin Dietz was the leader in the clubhouse for that job. But uh, but uh, they haven't said anything, and Frank is supposed to be done in March, and so it's March, so I don't know what's going to happen. It's still, a, it's still a good gig to have. I mean, they are the number one billing station in the, in the market. I believe they still are. Um, but no, they're not as popular as people would think. And and that the station has definitely gone from being sort of a uh, a uh, a hot house for conversation to being more of a uh, 
uh, uh, hard talk station. I mean, it's it's definitely coming from a a place on the political spectrum that doesn't make other people feel like, yeah, okay, I'll spend a little time. But that's okay. I mean, that's uh, that kind of talk is huge. That's a, it a, is. A I mean, big, they uh, they're, they're doing well while Air America is long gone. But um, but I think. I think listening habits, partly because of podcasts, have changed, and no sure. station is the powerhouse it used to be, but it's still an incredibly influential station in terms of local politics, and uh, and I don't know if they're going to have- no other one, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to have a rotating cast of people fill in for Frank. I'll be very interested to see that. Uh, they have not called me to guest host for, for quite some time, and his producer, Chris Renwick, sits in from time to time. Um, but I, if you had to put some money, I'd put some money on, on Kevin Dietz. Mm. The other thing I would say is what the hell happened, uh, happens with Rush Limbaugh because a lot of stations that carried Rush didn't want to carry Rush anymore. And now there's an opportunity for some of them to fill that slot with some local talent because one of the things you're hearing in radio is they want more locally grown yep. content. And that's been especially true in Detroit Slow down. Yeah. where guys like, Howard Stern couldn't break through, partly because Riff was such a powerhouse, but it's hard for the uh, for the talkers who don't originate here to really develop an audience. And so I'm wondering if they're looking to fill two marquee spots with Beckman gone and with Rush, um, with Rush uh, probably complaining about the heat. So are you finally done answering that question? <laughs> oh, they wanted the trio to weigh in. This, so I weighed in. I was, yeah, yeah, I I'm just too. waiting for the, the I did too. I'm, I'm waiting for Curly to get in here. I said nothing. <laughs> I don't need to say anything after that. So what's the next one? Thank you, the, thank you, by the way, Lauren. When do you want to get to the next yeah, one? That's a, long, that's a long way of saying I got nothing. Just say next. Uh, Daniel confounds with the following. <laughs> I am liking Sean more and more on the show. Remember in the beginning, I said Sean's a guilty place. All it all comes together. This is a how is that guilty people. pleasure though? Well, because who would admit knowing uh, you know freely to liking uh, so, Sean? So what you're saying is I'm your guilty pleasure. He sounds like he would be a fun guy to talk to, and by that he means a mushroom. Although I don't think I would survive hanging out with ML, as I would probably be destroyed by all the consuming black hole that is his <laughs> ego. <laughs> But to be fair, a huge ego is very important for a politician. LOL. I don't think you have a big ego. Hey, Daniel, let me just tell you a little something might, about... You might just be destroyed if you needed to get somewhere on time. No, it's okay to have a big ego. Daniel, let me tell you a little something about the last guy who typed LOL a lot. He just got released from prison, brother, so just watch your back. LOL. I mean, my, I mean Mike likes himself. That's okay. Have an ego. There's nothing wrong with ego. So maybe the difference here, Mark, is that you and I have a little more self-loathing than Mike, and so that comes across as him having more ego, even though... Oh, that could be maybe. You know? There's certainly a lot of cause for that. I love Sean. I think you're a great person, Sean. Well, I very don't, but I, you're very... You don't. You're a beautiful soul. I'm a piece of wow. shit. <laughs> Whoa. Um, too hard on yourself. I'm a piece of garbage. You guys want me to leave? Kind of. Mike can is... Uh, carry this through to its logical conclusion? Anything to see his calves you know, <laughs> in the flesh. All right. What's next? Just shave them, maybe. With the little, I don't know, does manscaping offer something to uh, <laughs> get those it's, nice and smooth? It, it's not a miracle. It's not a miracle worker, Sean. David interjects. After listening to the last few shows, I feel like every Elric story and joke should come with a yield sign. It's obvious nothing will stop him. So it's best everyone just get out of his way and let him pass. <laughs> Finally, some wisdom. Uh, Love the show and honestly appreciate your insights. And I think he's speaking directly to me. 
Uh, <laughs> of course. I mean, it's obvious. Your name's um, on the show. And then he says, go blue. So, All right. So well done, David. And he also says, he's like, by the way, I haven't thought Michigan basketball was very good for quite a oh long time. Oh, my God. ML was still, right. still David, thank you very that. much. Um, uh, maybe, maybe stick to everything but sports. Next week. Yes. Next week, we have a special guest, Mike Ratai, Love and I will guy. be reunited. We'll be talking about this year's Clark Park Classic Charity Hockey Game. We have moved from southwest Detroit because there's no ice, because they couldn't put the ice in, because the programs were on hold because of COVID, to the east side. We will be at the east side hockey arena uh, doing some fundraising for the kids of southwest Detroit and also bringing some attention to a great uh, host, the Eastside Youth Sports Foundation, who has graciously made their ice available to us. They're being very hospitable. They've supported the charity hockey game from the east side to the southwest side, and we're bringing the city of Detroit together to make it better for the kids. So Mike will be on to talk about that and web- some is, other stuff, no doubt. Is there a website for, for the charity? For Clark Park? Uh, we are putting our patronicity uh, site together right now. Okay. If somebody wants to make a donation to the Clark, the Clark Park, you can go to clarkparkcoalition.com and there's a donate button there. But we will have a special link that will be raising money strictly for the charity hockey game that we will be posting uh, after next week's show. And also this year, um, not only are we raising money for the show, uh, for, the, for the Clark Park uh, Community Center, we are creating an endowment so that your gifts will give back forever. So that's a, a new wrinkle. It's amazing what uh, what we're 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 pulling together this year. Um, in a year when we looked like we'd raise zero money, we're going to set a new fundraising record, and we are going to do something that keeps the money coming in. It's great. I really just want to know if there's a website, but yeah, www white savior. <laughs> Wow. Uh, speaking of white savior, Sean, what are you up to? <laughs> and here in the rundown, it says, quote, Sean pretends he has nothing to say, then drones on and on. Let's, I d- I don't let's have see if that's true. Don't have anything to say. More college basketball and uh, I guess running groceries for you, you know, whatever you need. So let me, let me, so there was nothing more to say. And then we had two things he said. Is that, are we, is there more? No, that was it. You sure? I don't mind being your valet. This is your last chance. No, you're not in the doldrums. Well, I'm always in the doldrums, so we don't need to talk about that. Uh, by the way, Sean, I found your tail. I'm going to pin it back on. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was born that way. Uh, how was that broken? Look, dude, I had circles under my eyes when I was fucking two. How was that broken <laughs> broken <laughs> balloon I got you for your birthday? It's true. You don't know when my birthday is. Don't even pretend. I know when it is. I think there's four horsemen that were there last time. You thought they were pony rides. <laughs> I did. Please listen to the other Red Shovel Network shows. Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour. What is that crazy kid up to yeah. next? Oh, boy, man. Lawsuit galore. There you go. He's a showman. And then we have the Drew and Mike podcast, which uh, you can find on this very network on a daily basis. It's uh, it's 21 hours of the most entertaining podcasting you can get on a daily basis. Wow, they podcast for 21 hours? It feels like it. Today might be less because this he's, one feels like he's probably shoving a cheesesteak in his, uh, I know. his uh, pie hole Thank up there. Thank you for the food today, Sean. It was my pleasure. I'm going to cook for you guys here pretty soon. Okay, hmm. just a, this you was know, a precursor. This was just a precursor. In, in the future, when it comes to food, if you could just limit yourself to food for thought, we'd appreciate that. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind so much, sir. No, I'll bring you some. You don't have any idea what you're saying, but is Jennings allowed to eat? It was, it was like the tangent. Are you going to cook for Jennings? Sure, I will. I'll, I'll deliver it to him. Is Matt going to eat what you make? I'll deliver it to him. We'll, we'll put a little saucer out by the uh, garbage cans. <laughs> <laughs> can uh, satisfy himself a saucer what is he a cat it's, you know, 
He's, yeah, kinda, like, yeah. he's got a little bit of tabby in him, I think. Sort of a Garfield. You can't see him. Character. He's laughing. Yeah. So. He's like Garfield. He wants to be funny, but he'll settle for selling a shitload of merchandise. I thought you were going to say he's- I'm sorry, guys. We're going to need to wrap it up. Hands act as suction cups, and he's on the back of the window. Got to wrap it up, guys. I'm glad that's where that one went because I wasn't <laughs> sure. Anyways, before things get any worse, uh, Cyrus, would you please get us the hell out of here? Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? And finally, an interview with the face of evil. I sit down with convicted murderer Sean Windsor. Yeah, my big thing was I would take old dudes and kill them. Oh, kill them with kindness. No, with an axe. Ah. Then I cut them up into pieces. Ah. Then I grind them up in a meat grinder. Yes. Then I put them on bread and eat them. I guess you could say you had yourself a man witch. Solid Troy. 